Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. So we're walking through the Gospel of Luke, and we've reached the end of Jesus' long road trip to Jerusalem. He's arrived. So he rides a donkey down the Mount of Olives towards the city, and all these crowds are forming, and people are singing, Praise the King who comes in the name of the Lord. They're laying down their cloaks in front of him. Why all this royal treatment? Okay, so Israel's ancient prophets promised that one day God himself would arrive and rescue his people and rule the world. Other times, the prophet spoke about a coming king who would ride into Jerusalem to bring justice and peace. So Jesus is activating all these hopes that he's that king, and everyone's ecstatic. Well, not everybody. The religious leaders, they think Jesus is a threat to their power, and so they're not happy. But even more striking, Jesus himself is distraught. He's actually weeping as he rides. Yeah, why? Well, Jesus can see what is coming. He knows that he won't be accepted as Israel's king. And he knows that Israel will keep going down a destructive path, neglecting the poor, stirring up rebellion against their Roman oppressors. And he knows that it will lead to death. It breaks his heart. And it riles him up. The first thing he does in Jerusalem is march into the temple courts, and he drives out the money changers, disrupting the entire sacrificial system. Yeah, he's staging a prophetic protest, and he stands in the center of the courtyard, shouting out words from Israel's ancient prophets. This is supposed to be a place of worship, but you've made it a den of rebels. A den of rebels? Yeah, he's quoting from the prophet Jeremiah, who stood in this same spot, the center of Israel's religious and political power. And he offered the same critique of Israel's leaders, that they're rebellious and corrupt. And they get the message and start to plan to have him killed. Which is no surprise to Jesus. In fact, he planned that all of this would happen during Passover. This is the Holy Week when Jewish people celebrate their ancient story of how God liberated them from slavery and invited them into a covenant relationship. And so Jesus uses the symbols of Passover to reveal the meaning of his coming death. The broken bread was his broken body. And the wine was his blood that would establish a new covenant relationship between God and Israel. Jesus was going to die for his people and open up a new way forward. After the meal, Jesus takes his disciples to a garden to pray. And he struggles with the very human desire to save his life instead of sacrificing it. But he overcomes this temptation. And it's here where the religious leaders with the temple guards find him and arrest him. Now, Jerusalem was being ruled by the Roman Empire. And so the temple leaders couldn't execute Jesus without permission from their Roman governor, a man named Pontius Pilate. And so they make up this charge that Jesus is a rebel king stirring up revolution against the Roman emperor. Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers, you say so. So Pilate can see that Jesus is an innocent man and he doesn't deserve death. But the leaders keep insisting that he is dangerous. So they negotiate a compromise. Pilate will release an actual rebel against Rome, a man named Barabbas, instead of Jesus. And so the innocent is handed over in the place of the guilty. Jesus is taken away with two other accused criminals and nailed to a Roman execution device. And people are mocking him. Hey, if you're the messianic king, save yourself and us. But Jesus loved his enemies to the very end, offering hope to one of the criminals dying beside him. And he even prayed for his executors. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then 
the sky darkened as an innocent man died the death of a rebel. And then Jesus cried out with ancient words from Israel's Psalms, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then Jesus died, innocent and alone. Well, as you just got through watching the Bible Project video with us about Luke chapter 19, and um, it starts out with Holy Week, and that's today. Today is the beginning of Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday, and then, of course, on Thursday, we have Maundy Thursday, and that's where we remember the Passover dinner where Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And then Good Friday is where we remember the crucifixion of Christ. And then, of course, uh, Holy Saturday is just a quiet time, very solemn time as we re-enter that moment of like, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> the Messiah is dead. And then we celebrate on Sunday that our Messiah is not dead, that he's risen. And, uh, and so Easter is the pinnacle of all Christian celebration. And I'm so excited to celebrate with you here online next week. And also, I'm excited to observe the Lord's death on Good Friday. We're going to have a Good Friday service uh, also right here at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live on Friday. So we want to invite you to join us for that. But it is Palm Sunday. Yeah. And so you let's... You got your palm branches out? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> They're pajama branches. That's yes. what they have. The yes. pajamas. Everybody got pajamas yes. on. Yes. So growing up as a little kid, I mean, we'd go into church on Sunday mornings and they would hand palm branches out at the door. And I think we've... we've We've done that. done that. Yeah, before. we've done it. Yeah. Um, and then you take them home and you've got the palm branches and such a fun memory from childhood. And you chase your little brother or sister around with the palm branches and I that's was, not what they did. I was in Luke the 19. little sister, so uh-huh. thank you, older sibling. <laughs> Sorry to bring up that rude <laughs> historical woundedness for you there. <laughs> but let's re-enter the story. Um, the Bible Project video did a great job of, of helping us get into that. But I, I want to re- remember here Jesus' triumphant entry. And that's what we remember on Palm Sunday. And so um, just think about what it would be like that day. Like if you were there. Right. I mean, pretty exciting You've heard business. about this coming your whole life. Yeah, your you entire life. You've scriptures about it and all of a sudden here it is. Yeah. Your whole life, you're hearing this prophecy of the Messiah is going to be coming into Jerusalem. And this is the son of David. This is the Messiah. He's riding on a colt, just like it was foretold by the prophets of old. And everybody is super excited. It's time to have a parade. Yeah. Right? And so what do they do? They get the palm branches, like you said. They crawl up into the trees, grab the branches, and start waving them. They lay out their coats onto uh, the pathway like giving Jesus, the king of kings, the red carpet treatment that a king would get, right? Yeah. I think when you think about this, too, this isn't in a day where there was telephones. This isn't in a day where there was text messaging. <laughs> or Facebook Live. So imagine what would have happened as, as the people began to see Jesus coming and the ringing throughout the city of people shouting out, Hosanna! Yeah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what would have happened throughout the city as people awakened to the idea that the prophecy that we have been taught our whole life. I'm hearing people shout that it's happening. And what you would have done in that moment, I mean, it's pretty powerful just to imagine in that moment um, grabbing anything that you could out of your house and running out knowing that you were going to be in that prophetic moment of seeing Hosanna, blessed is he who's coming in the name of the Lord, in your time, in your town, 
I just, it'd be awesome. It's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. And, uh, and, and so we, we think about that in the, the first coming of Christ into Jerusalem right before, you know, he, he heads to the cross. And they're singing Hosanna. You know, glory, glory to God in the highest. Here comes the son of David. Um, and that's what we're crying out today still, still to this day. The Messiah has come. The Messiah has, uh, has been crucified. He's been resurrected. He's ascended to heaven. But there's going to be another uh, day that he comes. And, and in that moment, uh, we're like in the second advent of we're waiting for the Messiah to come again. Yeah. And we're, we're still in our hearts. We're crying Hosanna. Yeah. Hosanna in the highest. And uh, but we've got this moment where it's celebratory. There's it's a parade, it's a party, and then Jesus goes from there to the temple, and this is where you know the minor key songs come in, and this is the mood changes because this is not such a celebration anymore. This is not a parade anymore. Jesus stumbles into the temple, and what does he find? He finds money changers, and they're thieves. ripping. Yeah, thieves is what Jesus called them, and they're ripping the people off. And Jesus is infuriated. And that's what he says. He says, they're thieves. You've made this into a den of robbers. This is right. supposed to be a house of prayer. But you've made it into a house of thieves, a den of robbers. And Jesus wasn't just talking about the actual building, the temple. And thank God, because uh, we don't even have an actual right. church building to be in today. Right. Nor does any other church uh, across America. You know, we're all... You know, cloistered away in our homes, we're quarantined, but that's okay because the church is not a building, it's not a physical place, it's not brick and mortar, it's people. Yeah. And that's what Jesus was talking yeah. about. He was saying, this, these people were supposed to be a house of worship, they are sacred, they are consecrated unto me, they're my people, and you're ripping them off. Yeah. You've made this place, you've desecrated this place. Mm-hmm. And so... We go from this, this moment of celebration now to this moment of desecration. Jesus has a choice. He can say, you know what? Um, I'm just going to kind of slowly back away from this. I'm going to go back to the party. I'm going to just kind of pretend I didn't see uh, the defilement here right. of God's people, them getting ripped off. Right. I'm going to just kind of pretend. I'm going to turn my eye from that, or at least I'll come back to it later. I'll deal with it later because right now I just want to party. Everybody's celebrating me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the center of attention. Yay, me, you know, yay, Lord. And, <laughs> and, but so Jesus has got a choice. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was like, how inconvenient is this moment? Like, ugh. Yeah, very inconvenient. But what do you do? I mean, what, what do you do in that moment? You have to make the choice. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus makes a choice. And, and I think we have choices every single day. Even in the midst of this quarantine, we have choices in moments. And, and moments come and go. Moments come and go faster sometimes than we know it. Um, and I remember in Matthew chapter 6, when the disciples asked the Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, well, here's how to pray. It says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So, the primary way that the Lord builds his kingdom here on earth, the way that it looks like in heaven, the way that it looks like on earth, the way that it parallels, is through his people. The Lord chooses 
to build his kingdom here on earth through his people. So that's why I think it's incredibly important for us to pay attention to these moments, to these choices, because Jesus was faced with this choice. He was he found himself in a moment that was different than the moment before. He has this choice. Am I going to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth right here in this moment? And that's what he does. That's what led him to turn the tables over. That's what led him to grab a whip and drive out the money changers. Because what he was saying is, no, 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 no. This right here is supposed to look like heaven and it doesn't. And so I'm going to do something to make it look like heaven right now. And I'm going to drive out the defilement. I'm going to drive out the desecration. And I'm going to set right what's wrong here. There's moments that the Holy Spirit invites us into every single day. That he's asking us. He's saying, will you come and establish my kingdom here on earth? I remember this one time I was in a moment. I was at the gas pump, I was pumping gas. You know, it was my day off, and so I was just kind of unengaged. I was just kind of doing menial things, um, just pumping gas. There's this guy in this like old pickup truck, window rolled down, he pulls up across from me, the pump on the other side, and he, you know, hollers out and gets my attention. And he says, hey, do you have any spare change? Just trying to collect some money here for, for something. And I said, well, you know, yeah, I usually have about, you know, about $4 worth of change in the little, you know, uh, cup holder in my car. So I said, hang on a second. Sure. I can, I can give you some spare change. So I went into my car and, uh, that day I only had about 35 cents and I, I was disappointed. He was disappointed, but I gave him the 35 cents and I said, Hey man, this is all I have, but you're welcome to have it. Uh, best of luck to you, whatever it is that you need. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow, good job, J.D., you know, you, you, you helped a guy out. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer, it was 35 cents, but I, I gave him what I had. And he began to drive off, and he had to come right back by me, you know, he kind of made a U-turn, and he came right back by me. And in that moment, as he's getting ready to turn to come back by me, I feel the Holy Spirit say to me, is that the best you can do? Wow. That was like the Holy Spirit arresting my heart. Well, I had, a, I had a choice in that moment. I had a choice. And the moment was about to pass. The moment was about to go because mm -hmm. he's driving away. And I was like, oh, gosh, I got to do something. And so I hollered out at him. And thank God he had his window rolled down. And he stopped and he pulled right up next to my car. And I said, hey, man, I, what, are you, what are you collecting money for? Why, do you, why are you trying to like scrounge up spare change what's going on with you and I said what's what's your name he said his name was Roger Roger they began to tell me about his story how he'd hit some really tough times and he'd fallen ill he'd had uh, a lot of prescriptions that needed to be filled and I was there I'm pumping gas at the Kroger gas pump and he's trying to get his prescriptions filled right there in Kroger and I said, you know what, I, I can't go in and I can't pay for your prescriptions. But what I can do is I can fill your truck up with gas so that whatever money that you would be putting toward gas money, that you can take that now and put it toward your prescriptions. And I was able to pray with him and I was able to, to bless him in the name of Jesus as he went on. And it made me think of another moment where Peter and John are going to the temple 
And there's a lame man at the gate, beautiful. And the lame man is just saying, hey, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And Peter and John say, silver and gold have I none. It's like all they had was 35 cents. <laughs> but such as I have, give I thee. And I couldn't completely fix Roger's entire situation in that moment. But I was able to do something more. And the Holy Spirit, is that the best you can do? No, it wasn't the best I could do. And so I went ahead in that moment, not knowing how it was going to work out. I didn't know what, what the outcome would be. But I just kept saying yes to the invitations of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And I don't know where Roger is today, but when I think of him, I pray for him. Do you have any stories that you can think of? Yeah, well, it makes me think of, um, and I think even some of you have probably heard this story before, but um, when Jelana was like seven years old, we had we lived in Colorado, and they have basements there. I'm sure you all have heard of those. We have a few of those it's in really Tennessee. really interesting. They're underground. Anyway, um, we had built um, into our basement a bedroom for her, and right outside of her bedroom was the closet that housed the heat, the heating unit. And we gone to bed one night, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and all I could think about was needing to move the carbon monoxide detector. And it was super, like, I mean, in the middle of the night, super inconvenient. Like, really? Can this not just wait till the morning? But the Holy Spirit just kept nudging me, um, and I began to nudge Katie, like, hey, we need to move the carbon monoxide detector to the basement. Well, unbeknownst to me, I had never been taught that the carbon monoxide actually is a sinking gas. It doesn't rise. It sinks to the lowest right. point of your house. And I couldn't go back to sleep and just kept pestering him until he got up to move the carbon monoxide detectors to the basement. And it was not the most convenient thing. It seemed very like, this is weird. But an hour after we moved... The carbon monoxide detector to the basement. Less than that, I think. We're just starting to fall back asleep, and all of a sudden we start hearing this loud, blaring buzzer going off in our house. Um, and we ran downstairs to find that Jelana was already in a super deep sleep. We had to, like, shake her to wake her up. There was a heavy and, smell of gas in there, too. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, it was just really odd. And we, we opened up the windows. We went upstairs. And come to find out that the heater had been leaking pure carbon monoxide into our daughter's room right there. But the Spirit of God within us woke us up and said, Hey, listen, listen to me. And I think it's so easy sometimes to bypass those moments, that moment of like, Well, I, you know, I, I gave 35 cents. Was that not enough? Or, Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, God. Right. When he's saying, hey, in this moment, I need you to take note of what is happening right here. And so, um, you know, I'm sure in that moment for Jesus, he was like, man, this was such a high moment. Like, wow, all these people and I'm, you know, fulfilling this prophecy that they've learned about. And he walks into this situation and the spirit of the living God himself is standing in the situation going, this isn't right. And it would have been really easy to have walked away, but instead he leaned in and said, no, I'm going to do what I need to do to help these people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's super important to, especially in this season that we're in, lean in, lean into what the spirit of God is saying to you. I think it's incredibly important. And, it, and it's a, 
It's a part of the Palm Sunday story that I think gets overlooked. We often tell the triumphant entry part by itself, and we often tell the, the temple part by itself. But oftentimes our lives look like this. They look like that kind of roller coaster, highs and lows. And whatever moment you find yourself in, it's incredibly important to keep saying yes to the invitations that the Holy Spirit is drawing you towards. Keep saying yes to, I'm going to do something that reflects heaven right now. I'm going to do something that establishes the kingdom of heaven here on earth right now. And with this being a part of the story, I think that it's super important for us to look at the parallel to what we're in right now. And I I think we can look at this quarantine as a really bad thing, or we can look at it as God is pulling us aside and saying, hey, give me a moment of your time. I have something that I want to fine tune in you. I want you to lean in in this season where there's a lot less noise in your life and begin to hear my voice so clearly. And I believe with all my heart, we're gonna come out of this season and we are going to experience the greatest revival that this generation has ever seen. Um, I told J.D. this morning, I wanted to um, read this to you all. I don't know if you all know who David Wilkerson Wilkerson is or was, but he was an unbelievable man of God, heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And in 1986, some of y'all watching this weren't even born yet, but in 1986, um, he gave a word. I see a plague coming on the world and the bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken. The plague will force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the men of God in the pulpit. Out of this will come the third great awakening that will sweep across America and the entire world. So I just want to encourage you as we celebrate Palm Sunday and we cry out to Hosanna, Hosanna, save me. That right now in this moment, that God is inviting us to lead people into that, to listen, to take this moment, to set aside to fine-tune our ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that when we leave our homes, we are so fine-tuned to Him that we hear, is that all you can do? That we hear, move the carbon monoxide detector. Because some of it may seem simple that we don't see the outcome of, but others, it's a life-saving thing. And I believe we're about to see some amazing stories and testimonies of believers in this time coming out of these quarantines and being so empowered by the presence of God because we've spent this time with Him that we become warriors, not just prayer warriors in our closet, not just those cloistered away reading the Word, but we go out into the city as evangelists. We are outside the walls now of our church that it would become our comfort zone to be outside the walls and that we would see a great revival, a great awakening across America and around the world as the presence of God fills this place. And if you're watching today and you feel like you're far from the Lord, there's an invitation that the Holy Spirit is offering to you today, and that's to take a step toward Jesus. Wherever we are in our lives, that's still the invitation. 
Come and follow me, Jesus said to the disciples. Before they were disciples. (laughs) They were just fishermen or they were just regular guys. And he says, come and follow me. And that invitation that Jesus made to them is still the invitation that he makes today. And so if today, if you're not following Jesus, you can make that decision right now. Say, yes, I'm willing to follow. The good news is this. God created you and me. He created mankind to be in relationship with us. He loves us. But sin entered the world and it separated us from God. God knew that. He knew it was coming and he had a plan. He would send his son to earth to come and be among us and walk among us and to sacrifice himself on the cross, to die in our place as a penalty for our sins. Proving that he was God himself, he rose from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave so that everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus could be in relationship with God and could be the people that God has always intended for us to be. And if that's you today, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. God, I come to you right now and I just confess that I've not been following you. My life is full of these things that have been gumming it up. God, my life is full of uh, things that aren't honoring to you. It's sin, God. It's things that, that don't hit the mark of who you've called me to be. And so, Lord, I surrender those things to you now. And I call upon Jesus, your son. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. And Jesus, I declare you as my Lord. I declare you to be in charge of my life. I give my life to follow you. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come and make me new. Wash me white as snow. And make a difference with my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.